Welcome back to the Empath and the Narcissist Podcast. The mission of this podcast is to bring you education, inspiration, and empowerment through relatable conversations, empowering information, and self-healing practices. Natasha Von Salsa is a wounded healer, and she has picked up tools to support and aid to help this collective anchor the energies of the new earth where limitless capabilities await. She is here to bring heaven to earth through her embodiment of the divine or God. We're going to be talking today about how to heal from past trauma, from narcissist abuse, and healing our inner child. And I love that we're going to dive a little bit deeper into some astrological perspective on this, which has really opened my eyes and given me so much clarity (laughs) on all the things that I get stuck on and the patterns. Like, have you ever asked yourself, why does this keep happening? Well, she's going to help us answer those questions. Obviously not specifically yours because you have to go to your chart for that, but I'm so excited to dive into this today. Welcome, Natasha. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. So first, before we dive into the juicy stuff about finding our patterns and our blocks in our astrology chart, I wanted to just um, touch a bit on the mental health um, aspect of healing from narcissism. Maybe can you relate to us? Have you experienced a narcissist and share with us if you can that story? Yeah, so um, it's kind of interesting. It's the chicken or the egg situation. Like, was I empathic because of perhaps the trauma I um, incurred when I was a child, which sort of set me up for that narcissistic um, uh, relationship later in life? Uh, it's a bit of a debate. I think it's actually written in your in your chart uh, if you kind of look enough. So it's kind of both. It's I was trained obviously to be empathic and to people please and to be codependent. And so when that narcissistic um, partnership came along, I was definitely on the ride for that. Um, (laughs) It occurred right when I was uh, pretty young, about between 17 and 18. So I definitely had nothing under my belt. I didn't understand. I didn't really know what was happening. Um, And so, yeah, just having... (sighs) I didn't know while, because this was probably 2007. So psychology and narcissism, like that wasn't a topic and it wasn't like a a buzzword that it is now. So I'm like, wait, was that a narcissistic relationship? I kind of have to like think about it, but it was for sure. Um, So just going back and sort of- That's also proof you're questioning yourself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're like, wait. Um, Yeah. So I had to kind of go back and um, reevaluate the the relationship and stuff like that. And just, I mean, I've been empathic my whole life. And so really having to learn boundaries and um, how to stick up for myself and the codependency that comes along with all of that. So yeah, definitely if you're empathic, there's definitely got to be a relationship of narcissism. Yeah. And it's interesting that happened to you around about the same exact time mine was. I was very sheltered. So I never dated. I I was always actually looking back. I thought I was like a loser, but I was just extremely intimidating to date, I think. And I wasn't like that kind of like popular girl who was like, yeah, I'll go along for the ride. Like I was I was a leader. So I but I was sucked into it like you at a young age. And I think my theory is and again, I'm not an expert or doctor. This is my personal experience that they go for those who are the most malleable. They go for those who are 
like the most naive because they're like, oh, this is easy. I can totally pull the wool over her eyes. Like this won't be hard work. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's also like, um, for me in my, um, line of work, I also see it as like a vibrational thing as well. Just, um, it's kind of like, you know, you never want to say that this relationship was good for you. Obviously you don't want to love that program, but you certainly want to see it for what it is. And to see that, like, yes, you learn from this. And this is maybe what your path was supposed to be. Like I kind of had to go on that adventure in order to really truly see the red flags. Like after that relationship, it was like red flag. Okay. Never again. Yeah. <laughs> And so, you know, I always told my mom, I was just so thankful that I wasn't like 30 and pregnant when I realized it, like I got lucky in that situation, um, to kind of get through it as a young person. And then I was kind of over it and I, I moved on and stuff, but yeah, it's definitely like a vibrational, I kind of see it as like an attachment, um, trauma, uh, if you, if you're into that a little bit, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's kind of like fitting puzzle pieces. It's kind of where, where you're leaking, they're going to like hook in and then you kind of, that's what you got to deal with. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Similar. Like I talk a lot about human design and if you have what we call like the numbers in your centers, if you have it defined, but on the other center connecting, you have it not defined. It's called a hanging gate. And typically you attract the opposite to kind of complete you is the kind of term complete you but in a in a healthy sense it's a good way because we're all pieces of the puzzle but in the unhealthy sense the person who's really lacking and needs that attachment can leech on yeah and complete complete you in a in a bad toxic way yeah exactly and I think it's also there to show you where you are leaking so that you can build up the strength and build up the the boundaries and sort of show where all those wounding and that trigger is so that it doesn't happen again. And you can kind of fortify yourself in order to make sure that you're no longer um, basically attracting these types of people because you don't want to keep going over in a loop because that's a loop. That's a healing consciousness loop. If you're always finding the same people over and over and over again, it's certainly there's, um, there's something there that needs to be healed and you're not looking at it. Yes, it's it manifests into that why does this keep happening to me when you need to reverse and be like, what within me keeps attracting this to be able to heal and be whole versus playing the victim and going, wait, I'm just like this innocent bystander and all these narcissists are coming to me. Like it's easy to fall into that mindset. And I personally have, (laughs) but you have to do the hard work and look inside. Right. Yeah. So how can we wait, wait, I want to ask you, how can we look inside? And maybe this may relate to my second question is, how did you um, awaken or be able to leave your narcissistic relationship? Yeah, so great question. Um, how I left it was, it was just more of a natural sequence. It was about a year, year and a half, two years. It was quite, a, it got quite abusive. And luckily I was able to kind of get out. I don't know, I felt a little bit naive, um, definitely for sure. Uh, and I didn't have the tools at all that I have now um, that probably would have gotten me out maybe faster or would have been able to see a little bit clearer. Um, so it kind of, it was a little bit of a luck, I guess I would say he wasn't as attached to it. And so I was able to kind of pull out um, pretty quickly. And then he like moved around and it kind of just faded from there. So I got lucky in that situation. Um, and sorry, what was your first question? 
the first question I have to go back into my thought process too. I was like, shoot, I lost my first question already. Yeah. Um, too bad I can't like rewind. Rewind. What did I just say? It was something to the fact of um, the wholeness, right? Like the the leaking. We were talking about things leaking, finding the patterns of why does this keep happening to me. So how can we? And my awakening. Yeah. Yeah. Like what are what are tools or like some practical things that we can maybe see or observe to be yeah. able to yeah see the recognize the patterns to work on ourselves. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. That's right. And it was about the awakening. So I didn't actually quite awaken at that time. I just, um, I knew within myself that I didn't want to attract those types of people. And I started to see the red flags. So that was number one, like just being, um, going within and being like, Ooh, I didn't like this about that. I, you know, I didn't analyze it. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, I never want that again. Yeah. <laughs> um, so kind of being repelled by it and sort of understanding maybe how I got into it, what was there. Um, and sort of just like going over maybe how I was in this relationship, which helped me to see the red flags. And so then I would make sure that the next person I was dating, they didn't show too many red flags <laughs> that I could see. Of course, I was still very young. So those things tend not to come out, um, super quickly, but, um, yeah, so just the red flags, that was the biggest one there. And then as I progressed, um, as I got older, I just kind of always wanted to know more psychologically. I've always been interested in challenging challenges and things like that. And so, um, my awakening was just sort of like, Ooh, that sounds fun or like spirituality. That's cool. And I kind of delved into that and then it kind of, it evolved over time. And so now I do more of, um, and where I actually got stuck was a little bit in the new age spirituality and how like, Oh, negative, there's no such thing as negativity. And if you're negative, um, you know, you're manifesting bad things. And so that really got to me that, that like took my ego down and I would get so upset when I was negative and I would get so, um, I felt like re-traumatized. I was like a double trauma. Like I was feeling traumatized from whatever my past was. And then I was yeah. like, I can't be negative. And then I would like re-traumatize myself. And so that's actually what started me on this um, trauma-informed and coaching uh, awakening. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, just recognizing that we all suffer from trauma as humans. If you're a human and you have a pulse, <laughs> unfortunately, we've all kind of dealt. It could be sort of, um, and it's all in a spectrum, right? There's more or less it's never right or wrong. It's just more or less um, trauma that you've come across. And also your resilience. Some people are more resilient than others. So it also depends on the person. Um, and so, yeah, just analyzing the trauma and coming to terms that like, okay, I have trauma and I have to deal with this. And then I can get to that like spiritual awakening um, is what I kind of <laughs> came up with. <laughs> I love that you brought that up um, cause I've been really struggling with that as well. Like this, um, what is it called? Toxic positivity is kind of what's it's being called right now. And I'm glad it's being, the, the light is being shown or shined upon it because it is really toxic. So that's just another form of an extreme idea that is shaming the human being from their existence. Like you said, suffering and joy are intertwined in the human experience. So you're not manifesting. I, I also follow the Stoics now, which I love because I, I did. I also ended up down that kind of dark spiritual rabbit hole of conspiracy theories. And the, my husband was like hitting his head on the wall. He's like, oh my gosh, this woman. So I was able to get pulled out of that into like normal balance. 
And I love Stoicism because it kind of does that. Um, it's ancient wisdom. And they talk about how focusing on like the worst case scenario and then being able to, you know, meditate on it, make a plan, think about it, be like, yep, this could happen. But what am I going to do if it does? And being prepared. That's mm. not like manifesting negativity. That mm. is being prepared because negative shit is going to happen in life. It's just part of it. So if yeah. you're always, you know, shaming yourself and putting your, burying your head in the sand and continuing to keep your rose colored glasses on all the time, then it's just not going to end well for you because you're going to get slapped in the face with some real trauma. Yeah. And then. And it's exactly what we were talking about before, where that'll just keep looping. Like you're basically repressing yeah. all this stuff that needs to come up to be healed. Like the reason you're with a narcissist is because there's a wound that is there. It needs to be con- It needs to come to the surface. It needs to be shown the light. It needs to be shown love. And if you're saying, oh, I can't be negative and I just need to press it down, you're, you're just repressing it. And then it's going to come out in something else, somewhere else. It's like that. Um, that toy that you kind of squeeze and it squeezes out the bottom and then you squeeze yeah. the bottom and it comes out the other, like it's going to come out somewhere. And so you might mm-hmm. as well become aware of it and get on top of it and actually go through your healing with a little bit of joy. It's a little suffering, but you can have joy in, in the suffering um, when you're really aware of what's happening. Yeah. We get, yeah. You come to it with a curious mind versus a, Oh my gosh, I'm going to like die because I'm, you know, bringing up these deep, you know, dark skeletons in the closet, or I'll be shamed and never talked to by my family forever. It's like when you release all those fears, you do actually kind of enjoy the process with some curiosity. You're like, Oh, I wonder what, what else is in my closet? Like once you kind of get used to it, you're like, this feels really good. (laughs) And, and the acceptance that comes along with that. I know that I had to, I did, oddly enough, I didn't accept that I was empathic for probably I'm 33 now. And I probably just within the last year was like, okay, I'm empathic. Like <laughs> I accept that <laughs> and so the whole rest of like, I was, the thing was, was also, I hated the parts of myself with that were, empa- uh, were empathic. And so mm-hmm. I was trying to push those away so hard. And I was like, I don't want to be like this. I don't want to be like this. And so that created a lot of suffering as well, instead mm-hmm. of just accepting like, okay, like I'm empathic for whatever reason, however it happened that's what I am and to embrace it and to accept it really kind of let you sink into it. And now I find joy in it. Now it's like, Ooh, that's my gift. Like I'm really good at this. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and it can be really scary and painful because you feel things intensely and you, you get offended really easily or whatever the case is, but I know there's a way to balance it. You know, there are tools that help you balance it. So yeah. And that's really like astrology and human design. I think that's where that balance comes in because um, I also like to look at it as in in a a multidimensional lens as well. Like we're multidimensional. We have a soul that, you know, it's not human. It's not from this place, but we're in a human form and we're here to experience the humanness. And so you have to love that human so, so much, even when she makes mistakes and she's like really hard on herself. You just have to love her because although you're not technically human and your soul is bigger than this, like you're here for it. And that's the whole point. And so, um, it's all about balance. It's like, okay, what, when do I love the human? And when do I say, okay, like 
I love you, but we're doing this. Like, <laughs> it's going to be hard. You're going to suffer. You're probably not going to like the growth that we're going through the challenges, but we're doing this. And like coaching that part of your human through it. And then other times you're like, okay, like you're safe. Like, I love you. You're here. Like, I'm okay. And then also just being like, I am magic. Like I, you know, <laughs> I could do whatever I wanted and I'm empowered. So yeah. Really- and we're all of those components all ah. in one. We're the shadow, we're the child, we're the bright light sparkling all in one, one being. Yeah. Exactly. All in balance. It's very, and that's sort of where that spiritual discernment comes in. And um, when you're learning about trauma and the attachment and all that stuff, it comes more naturally when you're learning, okay, is this a situation for this or is this a situation for another tool or um, support? Yeah. Yeah. And if you haven't cleared it, you know, the universe and or life and energy magnetism will present to you another scenario that that will keep kind of monkey you on the head, like, hello, you still need to deal with this. (laughs) Yeah. And um, in my line of work, I do astrology. So as well as coaching, and this is sort of um, comes back to your birth chart. There's certain uh, lessons that your soul is here to learn and it could be over lifetimes. So if you learn a specific, um, the specific lesson that your soul really wants to learn and you finally say like, okay, like I've learned this lesson that that attraction no longer comes into your perception, but it might take, it might, this might be your 600th a lifetime. If you believe in that, you don't have to, it's up to you, but this might be your 600th time and you finally, finally learn it. And then you break, it's called breaking karma. And so that's when you're able to, um, grow into something else and to attract the people that you actually really are wanting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I do believe in that. I've talked about before in the podcast, if you have listened or not listeners, um, Take a listen back to um, Yara's episode. We talked about the um, journey of the soul and, you know, the book. And I, I, do, I definitely believe in, in reincarnation. There's, there, there's energy is always continually recycling and transmuting. So and exactly. the spirit world and, and us are all intertwined, even though we may not see them, you know, physically as dense here. Um, I always feel those guides around me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also with what we're talking about too, it really helps to kind of get out of the details of it, especially when you're in that narcissistic or um, relationship, or you're just like really deep in it. You kind of want to like take a look back and be like, okay, like it's not that big of a deal. You know, you can kind of, um, it just gives you a step, a second to step back and be like, okay, like my soul, this is what my soul wants. And like, I don't have to get so critical and all the details and really just letting go of that. And I think, um, you know, it's basically an earth earth game. We're here to play a game and, and of course it's important, but you know, you can kind of have some fun and play with it as well. Yeah. It gives you a perspective if you want to embrace a little bit of that, because yeah, I mean, the, the one instance or that one relationship that just keeps making you feel guilty or shame or intense anger Mm. you know it's it's bigger than that you know there's a lesson there so if you can stop being pulled into the anger cycle I think the anger is important to stop touching the hot stove right you need to have the anger to keep to give you that separation but then now once you're really like solidly separated is it really helpful to hold on to the anger? 
I mean, sometimes, of course, you can have a moment where you hear a song, like even now, like I hear a song. Have you heard that one song, A, B, C, D, E, F, U? I'm like, I love to belt that because I'm like, that feels good. Like, why not embrace? Because that's the beautiful part about the process is the anger. But not forgiving and the anger, I think, is what is tricky, right? You keep still hitting the patterns because that's not what your soul wants to evolve into either. Right. And this, and anger is really tricky. There's righteous anger. You know, that's the anger that when you know something's wrong and you're saying no, like that anger needs to be there. Like, (laughs) you know, there'd be a lot less tragedy in the world if women were taught how to have righteous anger correctly. Yeah. Um, And so, and I think also this might help with those who might be in the freeze, um, free survival mode. Mm -hmm. You actually need that anger to move the energy you're you're basically suppressing that anger and you kind of have to bring that anger to the front and obviously not towards anyone and never at yourself ever it should always be directed out um uh, to bring that up to in order to move out of that because when i was um narcissism and the trauma that i've experienced i definitely went into the freeze state and so i've really had to move a lot of anger mm-hmm. um, not at anyone, just, just the fear or just the sheer anger. I just had to just, yeah. it, it's like, I imagined fire, right? Anger, there's fire, the element. And when you're in that free state, you're numb. So you have to yeah. ignite the fire to get something to change, to transmute, to move. Yeah. And I had to really accept that it's okay to be angry. Um, because I was taught, you know, you're not allowed to be angry. It was right. your anger. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not nice to be angry. Yes. And of course, you don't want to yell at other people, but we also need to be able to experience our anger in a healthy way. Exactly. And that helps mm. with the boundaries that you're going to have to learn. It helps with all of the um, attachment trauma. If you're going through that, like that all helps to say no to people that you might otherwise have bent your will to. And now you're saying, no, thank you. Um, I don't consent. And you kind of have to have that little bit of anger and that little bit of fire in you to really know that this is for you. Like, it doesn't matter what you have to say. This is for me. And I don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. Because they use the guilt and the shame as the manipulation tool to get you to apologize. Yeah. But you should have that righteous anger and not apologize for what they did was wrong and them never taking the responsibility. Mm, Exactly. And it gives you that, that fire to really stand in your power and to stand in your, in, in you, no matter what they do, it's more about you and that fire, that anger gives you that, that willingness to do that. And to know that you're not, if, if you need to leave or you need to walk away, that you're able to do that as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love it. Um, We have a note about the inner child. Let's talk about that before we dive into my other question um, about the astrology perspective. So um, we're talking about, you know, dealing with narcissists, having this beautiful, righteous anger. And then I remember you saying just a little bit ago about like, having, holding yourself and loving yourself. Um, Would you describe that as part of the inner child healing journey? How do you describe it? Yeah. So I think a really big key, a really big secret for your listeners, if they ever want to have one, um, your nervous system is your inner child. Mm. And so you are speaking to your nervous system to regulate because what's happening in a narcissistic relationship is you're dysregulated. You're either freeze freezing, you're in fight, you're in flight, you're out of the, 
the regulation. And so um, you're, when you're healing, you're bringing your nervous system into regulation. And that means you have to love yourself, which means you have to love your nervous system, which is your inner child, because you got dysregulated because you not consciously, but you allowed someone else to essentially live for you or to take over your programming. Um, this is conscious, of course, as children, but it is what it is. And that's what happened. And so we have to come back into that regulation and the nervous system. And that is through the nervous, uh, through the inner child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no, I think a lot of us, our generation, generation older than us, maybe even the Gen Z's right below us, it's still like struggling with, as you were raised, there were all these parenting books that said like all these really strict things, like this is how you're supposed to raise your child, you know? And they were very authoritarian, very patriarchal by these male doctors. Mm -hmm. And they weren't conscious at all of thinking about teaching children autonomy, being able to regulate their emotions and all that. So Pretty much all of us have had some type of emotional, you know, dysregulation in our nervous system growing up because it wasn't handled properly or we, we weren't given space to hold ourselves, understand what we were going through. Exactly. I mean, I don't know. This is very controversial, but the cry it out method, I would, oh, it's awful. I No, can't, I can't, like that gave me goosebumps just thinking about it like I couldn't do it and I was like oh my god what happened (laughs) why (laughs) Um, yeah it's very controversial but I you know for me it's child abuse like you can't just leave a child to cry it out because that's they're literally that's what they're doing is regulating their system they're learning how to um, have safety in the body and to know that someone is always there for them because all of that comes back to you when you're an adult Mm -hmm. no longer at home but now if you don't know safety then you're going to go to people like that's a lot with narcissism is they're safe they feel safe because maybe your house was chaotic or maybe you lived with the narcissist and so now this person who isn't um, functioning or healthy feels safe because that's all you know and that was definitely for me like I had a very chaotic, um, neglectful, emotionally, emotionally neglectful childhood. And so a narcissist who was like love bombing me, I was like, oh my God, like this is the greatest thing ever. And then, and the chaos that ensued after was still like, well, this is normal. Like, what do I to? (laughs) Totally. It's so crazy how it's so similar. It, it, It feels so normal in your body. Yeah. It probably has a lot to do with that cry it out method when you're young or so much more like oh you're throwing a temper tantrum go away from me (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah and unfortunately and it's it's hard too because you know you want to like be mad at your parents but really it's you know you kind of they were just doing the best they could with what they had and they were in trauma (laughs) like they had generational trauma and they definitely (laughs) did not know how to deal with their trauma so how could they you know how could they heal and be present for a child when they were still kind of emotionally in a childhood state as well? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot to heal and to, to look at, but when you really look at it, it feels like you said, like that, that healing just feels so much better and you're just so much more in love with yourself, I guess is what I would say. Yeah. My favorite is when I discovered the inner child meditation and then I was like, I'm so like doing this every day. This feels amazing. And I have 
um, I need to record it. I have a recording, but I need to put it on my YouTube channel because, you know, the whole copyright thing, I'm like, dang it, I have to re-record it because I have to put new music to it. But oh, it's yeah. so important to do, like, especially in your deepest, like, darkest, you know, you're, you're dealing with PTSD, you're dealing with all this, like, the regulation in your body and the stress from leaving the narcissist relationship. Mm-hmm. Doing it every day is just so healing. It's so healing and it's so important. I mean, I think that's the number one thing. If there's anything you take away from anything, it's that, um, it's this, it's the inner child and it's the the nervous system regulation. I really wish I had known that a long time ago. Um, I think it's just coming up to 2022 and I was starting healing a long time ago, but that's the key for me is that, um, the regulation. And also if you go through somatic healing, which is all about healing in the body, you don't have, it doesn't have to be processed through the mind. So you don't have to re go through and re traumatize yourself. You can just simply let it go. Um, and that's all about nervous system regulation. And if you equate your nervous system regulation with your inner child, you'll be set. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that tip. You guys, that was such a great expert tip. So where in our astrological chart can we find like what, what our soul's lessons are? Yeah. So it's different for everyone. And even if I have a twin brother, so even our charts are exactly the same per se, but we don't have obviously the same lessons or the same, um, life (laughs) essentially. So always so fascinating to me. I know I chart is identical yet. It still manifests differently differently where he's a male. I'm a female. So that can be different. Um, I'm still learning. I really want to, I'm always asking astrologers about twins. So (laughs) let me know. Um, and so, yeah, so the chart is always different and, um, there's a couple of what, like theories that I have, um, a couple of placements that I think sort of show us where we're kind of be set up for that empathic and that sort of traumatizing area in our lives. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, again, it's sort of the chicken and the egg. Like, is it that you were, your, your soul asked for this? And so therefore you chose the parents that would give you that or, you know, <laughs> right. for debate. Um, I think it comes from the fact that you chosen, you wanted to be empathic in this lifetime. You wanted that gift. And so you did choose the parents, um, and sort of the trauma that went along with that. Of course, that's not okay. And you don't want to like love that program, but you certainly want to acknowledge it. Um, I see Virgo, uh, Virgo in sixth house. Um, yeah. Oh, in the sixth house? <laughs> yeah, Virgo and oh. then the sixth house and um, Gemini and Gemini and Libras. I think they tend to have that like people pleasing. They tend to have that. Um, uh, <laughs> Both the- of my parents. Sorry. My, I said both my parents, my dad's a Gemini, my mom's a Libra. Oh, wow. That's so funny. I'm a Virgo. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a Libra moon. And Me too. Uh, you have a Libra moon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that, that hit in with, you said your mom was a Libra. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that, um, the, the, the moon is all about, uh, women's or sorry, the mother, the mother wounds, basically mother wounds, yeah. generational trauma. Um, and so I, I can see it in the chart for most people. Um, and then I think it's also just what you, the purpose, like for me, I'm a facilitator. So of course I can feel your emotion, which is the gift. Cause I can say, okay, 
look, I'm feeling this, or I can sort of confront the truth. If someone doesn't want to tell me the truth, I can be like, well, what you're saying and how you feel is not congruent. And so let's talk about it. Um, and so that's kind of how I use the chart. Um, and so you said you were a Virgo. Did you say you were a sun? My sun, yeah, Virgo sun, Virgo ascendant, moon, Libra, north node, Gemini. Um, what else? My, is it strange? My sister's son is Scorpio and my okay. third house is Scorpio. And I think. Third house is siblings. So that makes sense. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Um, but there's a planet in there and I'm trying to remember which planet it was. I'd have to pull my chart again. I just remember going, hmm, this is an interesting planet to be in Scorpio related to my sister because I have issues with my sister. Yeah, uh, Scorpio is a pretty confronting um, sign. It definitely is all about intimacy and the ego death. And so that sort of um, fire or the, uh, not the fire, but the, in in the fighting sometimes is where you kind of learn to all of the trauma and all that stuff comes up for you to heal. So that might be something also you guys might've done something to each other in past lifetimes. <laughs> So. Probably, probably <laughs> murdered each other in past lifetimes. <laughs> I'm gonna really get it this time. <laughs> I don't know. We're not really successful this this life round, but we got time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> yeah. So it's so funny that even just when you say yours, it makes total sense for what you're doing. You have the communication um, in your North Node, which is the podcast, and yeah. you're helping impasse, which is that Virgo energy. It's a lot of um, it's a lot of communication and it's a lot of mapping out. So Virgos are super good at looking at, let's say you have from A to Z and they can pull it all out in from chaos and bring it into form. Mm -hmm. And so when you're talking about narcissism and trauma, that's all not, you're mapping all of that out in order for you to step over that and to, and to actually find joy, um, and to leave all of that stuff behind eventually. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense. Um, it does, it does. Yeah, and I have um, I have an Aries moon, or I mean, sorry, an Aries sun. And so it's right um, across from my moon. And right. so that is all about um, mirrors, using other people's as mirrors and um, sort of wanting people to tell me who I am, which of course gives that narcissism and that all of that energy, a lot of energy. Because then I was like, please tell me who I am. Oh, you think that's what I am? Okay, that's great. And then I right. never really learned to stand up for myself. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you so, love the attention then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then the Libra was all about codependency and relationships and learning to, um, to not sit in the dark with people and to not get on the emotional roller coaster. Yeah. That was a big lesson. <laughs> yeah. Libra is all about learning balance. It's really hard. <laughs> it's the love and hate. Like I have such a love hate relationship with relationships. <laughs> Yes, it's true. And I, and the reason that I loved, I wanted to do podcasts was because it is this relationship of this balance. Like we get to kind of have go back and forth and then we get to talk about it with each other. And so that's like that relationship that I really, a really healthy relationship in the container. Yeah. Um, and I really love relationships, but they're definitely, definitely hard. <laughs> and they are hard, but I think they're here for it to be hard. <laughs> they're supposed to learn. 
yeah ultimately you're you know you're here to integrate the soul into the physical form and in order to do that you have to wipe away or to release all that is uh in the way so limiting beliefs um programs that aren't yours that were programmed by the uh, culture um and that takes a lot of time and energy and effort but it's definitely worth it yeah and then another thought came up about the south node um Mm -hmm. South node is the opposite of your North node. I always feel like your North node is kind of like your destiny and your South node is what you need to release. Yes. And I'm always like, ah, I don't know if it's like I have to release codependency on my family, but my South node is in Sagittarius. So that's like adventure, independence, and the um, it's in the fourth house. So I'm like, dang it, family. So that that I guess that means I need to just say sayonara to them. And then if they want to come along, then they come along. I'm not sure. I'm always grappling with that. Yeah. Um, so if you have the fourth node or the fourth house with your south node in Sag, I would say it's definitely about ancestral healing for sure. And it's definitely, um, it's also sort of like, it's the truth seeker, which makes a lot of sense because you're looking for the truth. And no one wants the truth in my family. <laughs> exactly. And so that's sort of, and that is probably the lesson for you is that you have to understand that you can't take them with you. Yeah. And is a huge lesson on healing on the spiritual healing I girl I'm with you I have tried to take every single person I know with me and they (laughs) are like no Natasha you I know and I'm like okay okay (laughs) won't come with me (laughs) exactly and that's a lesson I mean that's hard hard. you have to kind of leave your family behind knowing that you're doing good for them that's Mm -hmm. what healing it you're healing the generational curses and you're willing to look at the stuff that they're not willing to face and that's what is ultimately going to heal the the generations yeah that is literally like my gut passion always is like moving forward this cannot be the same pattern and I remember having my therapist tell me that and she I swear it was like divine message because she didn't that I know of like know any astrology or anything but she's like you are the ancestral pattern breaker in your family because she she did counseling with my aunt and my mom together and me so like she kind of knew a little bit more than she should have about the story but she was like yeah you are the one to break the ancestral patterns here exactly oh dang it (laughs) if you i'm coming something coming clear to me is you might be a little bit of a know-it-all and you might want to tell them sort of how to do stuff and how well, to as do a Virgo, I can't help it. Right. And that's, and that's the lesson. That's the, <laughs> how do I, how it's, it's the lesson of like, how do I, oh, oh, I have it because it's, it's the lesson that I've had to learn too. Um, how do I accept who they are while also protecting me yeah. and my boundaries and my will and it's hard. It's definitely something that took me months. I couldn't, I stopped speaking to my mom for a month and a half because I literally didn't know. I was like, you're not healthy, but I don't know how to, <laughs> how to talk to you. So we're just not going to talk. Um, but as I'm slowly learning, and I'm sure you are too, it's just, um, you'll learn to speak to them in a way that either they're going to hear it or you're going to realize like, oh, it's not worth, worth the trouble. Yeah. I- I've reached that point definitely with my parents. Like I yeah. said, my sister and I, we, we have a little bit more fire going on there. Yeah. But yeah, I that's you're spot on with the description of the lessons that I have been learning and revealing and coming to peace with like 
even just around holidays, I guess that's really important to me. I have a stellium also in the fourth house. So like holidays oh. and family things, it's like I'm mourning the past, the euphoric times when I was a kid when we had holidays. But for me moving forward, right, into this non, you know, structured Christian religious realm of holidays, I get to make my own, you know, uh, traditions. I get to do it for my family, you know, that is here with me right now. And kind of letting go of the family traditions and things of the past. That's yeah. And I think, um, you know, if you've heard of the Great Awakening or the Aquarian Age, that's all that is. It's we're breaking yeah. down the tradition and we're breaking down what no longer serves us and no longer works for humanity. And, you know, those types of holidays, they tend, sometimes they fall in certain, in wrong areas, um, and they kind of hinder the human experience. Uh, I can say a little bit about Christmas. I'll put this little tidbit in, you might agree or not, but um, there's a, you can read Tropical, which is based off of, um, it's just a Gregorian calendar. So like we know, okay, spring is March 21st, blah, blah, blah. But there's also one that's called Sidereal and that's a little bit Eastern where it's read through the, through the, um, the sun. So the sun is in the actual constellation. And so during Christmas time, we're actually in the constellation of Sagittarius and Sagittarius Ooh. is a truth seeker. It's, it's the spiritual, it's the religion, it's understanding true, um, you know, uh, godly information, but what are we doing as a consumer, which is basically, um, we're not looking at truth. We're looking at sort of feasting and all of that, um, not unhealthy, but sort of we're looking the wrong way in other words. And so that tradition might have to sort of change potentially. I love that. Yeah. Like we're just, um, we're, we're numbing with the consumerism, the presence, we're kind of stressed out. Like, oh my gosh, we have to like get everything perfect. We have to pretend that Santa Claus is real. We have to pretend that the elves now on the shelf are real <laughs> and, 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 or even like, just like baby Jesus was born. Well, you know, if you went back historically, I don't think he was born around December. You know, it's like all that stuff is like, so not like true. Like, what are we doing? We're just like having this fake festivity, like at the wrong time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's really interesting. I mean, that's, and that's sort of what your soul is being pulled into is you're this, we, you and I are the seeds for the golden age, for the Aquarian age, for the great awakening. And so that's our lessons is to sort of learn how to interact with the old traditions, but also um, stay in our power and in our will um, while we yeah. interact. With them. And make our new traditions. Exactly. Have you, have you ever done the 12 holy nights meditation where you look at the Jafra images of each astrology zodiac and you meditate on them and journal on them and just see how you resonate and interpret the artistic images 12 days of zodiac so every day you uh -huh. meditate and you look at these specific artist depiction of the zodiac of each zodiac Ooh, that's so I was cool. Like, I loved that tradition. I'm like, I need to do this every year, but I got caught up and I didn't do it last year. But yeah, I mean, it's really good to just go out into this under the stars and just allow the, the constellation. There's a couple of apps that you can actually go and look live and it points to you like, oh, this is Venus or this is this um, in live terms. And you can do it in that side as well, which is really interesting. 
Oh, that's cool. Um, and I think also we're here as a golden age astrologer, I look at astrology a little different. I think that we're here to sort of dismantle and to delete parts of um, the Zodiac that are no longer working for people. I think also if there's people that are like, oh, well, I'm like this because of the Zodiac or because of this. And it's like, well, no, you're supposed to, you're here to delete that and to heal that and to, to step over that. And so I think people tend to um, forget that. And then they kind of accept the, the bad behavior. And I, and that's not what we're here to do. We're really here to heal from, from what we're, we're working through. I love that. Yeah. Keep doing the work and we need to all join together in that work because there was, you know, all the Cosmo magazines have all of those like kind of short blips, like making people think that, oh, I'm a Scorpio. I'm a bad person. Like what? Oh, I'm a Virgo. I'm mean, like all of these very negative things. Uh, there's even some YouTube videos that my daughter was going through and I, she, I would, hear it and I'd be like right next to her I'm like okay yes however there's so much more complex than that like you are not your sun sign Virgos don't always have to be mean yeah Yeah. spirituality is very yes and it's like yes that's the lower expression of that sign and you most likely are going through that I definitely have a lower expression of Aries like some fire can just like come through and I'm just like, what? (laughs) But the, the higher expression, that's what I'm pulling through. That's what I'm working towards. That's what I'm walking towards is to embody that higher expression of Aries as my moon, as my will. And so that is leadership. It's it's being first, it's the creation, the spark of creation. And so each sign has its higher expression and that's where we're supposed to be going. And that's what we're supposed to be healing in order to embody. And so Virgo is very much the purification of, um, you know, not in a religious sense, just the purification of yourself, like the pure, the purest you, you can be essentially, Mm -hmm. which is really beautiful. Yeah. I 100% relate to that. And as everyone who listens, they always hear me say, keep your unique light shining at the end. And I always envision that like the purest light within you shine that out as best as you can. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, it's also part of divine will. Divine will is service to others through his will. If you call it a him, you can call it whatever you want, but you're essentially a vessel for his light, his message to shine through and to come out, you know, as, um, especially a, as a leader, as you are, uh, that's sort of what we're here is to, is to envision his will and then carry that out. And that takes a lot of practice and healing that <laughs> we have to do it to get. It does. It does a lot of mastery. I know I'm talking to a lot of people about around about our age. They're like, okay, well, where's the money going to come in? And I'm like, don't worry. Like it's yeah. not our time for money. We're going to, ma- we're mastering our craft. Exactly. And in about like, you know, let's say 10 years, hopefully sooner, we're going to see the big impact of our mastery come in through that abundance. Absolutely. And I think it's also changing with the, the divine masculine and the divine feminine and all of that is coming more to fruition for us to the codes are coming in so we can see that. How do we, how do we love ourselves and not get into this rat race? race and still have provision and still have resources and still, um, you know, are, we're on this path, but we're not like starving musician. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think that's coming, uh, clearer and clearer every day. Yeah. Gosh, I love this conversation. I know all of you who are listening, love it as well. You're like eating it up. So 
I'm going to leave you with just find Natasha on all the socials and links um, in the show notes. You just grab the picture of the podcast and you swipe up. It's there. Uh, make sure that you take a screenshot of this podcast and you just put in your comments like, oh my gosh, I'm a Leo or I'm a Libra or I'm a Aries or whatever. Just let us know and put it in your stories and tag us um, at Raven Scott Show and Natasha Socials. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here, Natasha. Thank you so much. It was such a joy. I loved this conversation. It's exactly what I'm here to do. So thank you. Me too. Me too. We're both lit up over here having this conversation. You guys love it so much. Oh, and remember, always keep your unique light shining. If you enjoyed this podcast, continue to come back. I share these conversations with amazing guests and updates of the cosmic weather every Sunday. Rate and review this podcast so others can hear this amazing information from the cosmos as well. And I enjoy to see you any feedback that you have and take a screenshot of this podcast. Also tag me at Raven Scott Show. And thank you so much. Can't wait to connect with you. What you need. We're broken, it's tragic. We're not all elastic, but maybe there's magic. Believe you could have it, and I know of sadness, the anxious and panic.